Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation? Where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground. Cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. This is the Yanks Go Yard podcast with Adam Weinrib and Thomas Carinante. Welcome on into a Monday edition of the Yanks Go Yard podcast. I'm Adam Weiner, alongside Thomas Carinante. Wake up the kids. The Yankees are decent now. They're all right. They're pretty okay. Hey, we gave you a guide to surviving eight games against the Rays and Jays last week. And I'm not going to go and climb to the top of the mountain and yell about how great it is to split a four-game home series. I'm not going to say, oh, mission accomplished. We split a four-game home series with the Tampa Bay Rays. That said, you can't be leaving this series feeling as negative as you were about it before it started. You can't be leaving this series thinking the Rays are on a different planet than the Yankees, which I think some people would have definitely told you after uh, you know, the Garrett Cole comeback after Thursday's game. You were definitely going to get some takes that were like, ah, why bother? Why compete? Who cares? Um, can't be given those takes now two ridiculous comeback wins in a row almost a third and the tone would be even more positive if they'd won yesterday's game and hadn't made the dumbest possible bullpen move we'll talk about all that but there were definitely 10 minutes or so on Friday night where the season was actually over like no exaggeration over when Josh Lowe homered off Michael King until the Rizzo homer over because you can't blow the 6 nothing lead, and then you can't lose an opportunity like that with a late 4-2 lead against this Rays team in the position they're in. But now, this is the Yankees team that was pretty much dead in the water for the month of April. If they were down, they weren't coming back. If they were winning a game, it was 2-1. The offense was not doing anything at all. Now, and I'm not even counting the A's series... Over the past 10 games, last three series, the A's, they won all three of those games and they bashed bad pitching against major league pitching in, in Tampa and in New York against the Rays. They've erased a 4 nothing deficit in a game they ultimately lost, won a game they trailed 2 nothing in the eighth at Tropicana Field, punched back with the Rizzo home run trailing in the eighth inning on Friday night, and erased a 6 nothing deficit against Shane McClanahan and Garrett Coldham on Saturday. Are there warts on this team? Absolutely. But that is significant fight being shown in just the last seven games against the Tampa Bay Rays team that, again, a lot of people wanted to say, well, why even bother with the rest of the season? Like, you're never going to be able to outplay the Rays in a short series. They've certainly outplayed them several home games in a row. Um, And if not for a couple very unfortunate moments, would have taken three straight on ridiculous comebacks to end this series. But we can still talk pretty positively about it. Heading into a road set in Toronto. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Google Podcasts is back. That dude said Google Podcasts is good. 
changed my life. I go, great. Okay, I'll keep saying it. Um, but you can find us live on YouTube Mondays and Thursdays, 2 o'clock Eastern time, uh, twice a week. We'll go live other times if needed. Thomas Carinante, welcome to the show. We'll talk the ins and outs, the lineups, resurgence, Anthony Volpe in the seven hole and the biggest loser of the weekend. But first, you got a quick promo for our betting friends. Yeah, baby. This is for everybody in New Jersey and Connecticut. We have an awesome limited time promo for DraftKings users. So if you pop on over to DraftKings.com or download the app, you got to deposit some money, place a $5 wager on any sport, and you will get $150 instantly added to your account in bonus bets. Win or lose the bet. So even if you did bet the Yankees yesterday and you were hoping for that massive comeback and it was right there and you have the better's heartbreak, you know, comes down to the last inning. Aaron Judge flies out to the to the warning track and then you, you know, flip the coffee table in the living room. Your wife gets all pissed off. You don't even have to do that for this. You lose. You still get all the money. All you have to do is use the code YanksGoYard when you sign up to redeem that. Um, so using that code is also a great way to support the podcast, um, helps us out big time. We know you like listening or some of you, at least, um, we appreciate you guys listening. We appreciate you guys reading. Um, so if you don't have a DraftKings account yet, please do us a solid head on over there. If you're a first time user, um, and punch in the code Yanks when you're signing up and place that first bet, uh, it's new customers, only 21 and older and physically present in New Jersey or Connecticut. Uh, to redeem this, uh, please gamble responsibly. I cannot emphasize it enough. Uh, if you have a gambling problem and you're in New Jersey, please call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you're in Connecticut, call 888-789-7777. Uh, this is valid one offer per customer. It's a minimum deposit of $5 and a $5 wager. Um, rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets, um, and they expire seven days after being awarded. Please see full terms at DraftKings.com or in the description below. Um, please see so how about this? please please yes how about all this we got a lot of stuff well how about the uh let's just do the six nothing game first because sure. like i mean again amazing uh you you go into that friday night and the and the michael king inning happens the second inning of work and you're like all right well that's like i can't i can't possibly devote the amount of energy to this game and this season that i wanted to because if they're going to do this to me they're going to take this one off the table i don't get that win then I'm like, all right, great. I mean, they're going to have to win like four or five games in a row to really earn my trust back. Rizzo punches back. Uh, a couple really forced Mandalorian calls there for Michael K, where it's like, I don't really watch the Mandalorian, but I don't. He was like, he gets the Mandalorian around the bases. And I was like, I don't think Mandalorian is a verb, but whatever. I'll forgive it in the heat of the moment because <clears throat> that game was ridiculous. And Wandy Peralta comes up with a huge save. Uh, my voice is going. I'm just I'm, I'm too damn excited. I don't I don't know what's happening, actually. But uh, the the six nothing game, I think it was Brendan Cuddy said the, the Yankees have as good of a chance of coming back in this one as George Santos's reelection odds. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, it's, a good, it's a good quip. But uh, they McClanahan was Garrett Cole for the Rays before this. You know, the Yankees yeah. is late inning magic on Friday night. But the Rays probably felt pretty good about that one, too, honestly, because they got to King. They were a couple inches away from, you know, absolutely ripping the hearts out of the Yankees, Indiana Jones style. And unfortunately, they drop it. But I think they're probably leaving that game being like Josh Lowe owns Michael King. You're not going to win them all. But we came pretty close. What We almost did it to Garrett Cole and Garrett Cole starts twice. McClanahan was cold. The Rays hadn't lost any of the McClanahan starts. If I told you the Yankees are going to come back and win that game, that Nestor Cortez put him in a six nothing hole. Uh, you're not going to believe me. But if I tell you that not only the Yankees going to win that game, but they're going to come back with four immediate runs on two two-run homers and a Rizzo double against McClanahan in the next half inning, that's beyond belief. 
Um, and that's exactly what they did. And so I would say that is the most shocking win of the last five years, give or take. Um, I just think it's very, it's very absurd that a couple of weeks ago, uh, and this is a long season and this is not a judgment on either team season. And that's the point is that it's a long season and I can't judge in either direction right now. But you would definitely have said that the Red Sox were the good offense, scrappy, annoying team that has all these come from behind wins, gets all these breaks. And even if they don't win, they're trimming 7-1 deficits to 7-5 and stranding the tying run on base or, or whatever. Then um, you would have said the Yankees were just dead in the water and they, they showed the least fight of any of these teams in the AL East. They were playing like a sub-500 team uh, at every step. They were getting bad breaks, bad injury luck, and bad performance when they took a punch. Now, all of a sudden, the Red Sox, two of the worst blown saves you'll ever see over the weekend against the last place St. Louis Cardinals. And the third game of that series, they go down early. They're down 4-1. They're down 6-1. They're down 9-1. They don't fight at all. And the Yankees, in the third game in a row in which they show massive fight, come within a couple inches of an Aaron Judge game-tying home run with two outs at the bottom of the ninth yesterday and fell down 3 nothing early with Clark Schmidt on the mound took a 4-3 lead. Albert Abreu comes in. We'll talk about him. Uh, they go down 8-4, and it's like, well, now it's over. No, it's still not over. They, they look like a completely different transformed unit with Judge and with an alive, upgraded version of Anthony Volpe and with Harrison Bader and with Anthony Rizzo on a heater and with Jake Bowers, kind of. Uh, they look like an entirely different offense to me. And I was stunned by that game on Saturday. And not just in an oh, I thought my team was going to lose and they won way, like genuinely stunned. Yes, uh, Friday and Saturday turned everything around because if you want to rewind back to Thursday, you have the another great outing from Domingo Herman, spoiled by the offense being unable to figure out Drew Rasmussen at all. Um, and now he's probably going to be out for the season. Uh, that matters too. That yeah. matters too. The Rays are running away with the East. And again, all the Yankees do is tread water in the standings, but they lose another ace to the 60 day in this series. Just saying. I mean, everyone who was sitting here three days, uh, you know, before the series started saying, I don't know how the Yankees are going to make up 10 games in, you know, on May 12th. Um, it's pretty simple. The Rays are not going to win an 80% clip. You have injury problems. The Yankees are dealing with the worst of that right now. The Rays, not really. Uh, Jeffrey Springs, I understand, was a big loss, but the Rays kind of print pitchers like that. Drew Rasmussen, that's, you can't lose two of those guys, and that's what happened. So they're going to re really need Tyler Glass now to come back um, and pitch like the ace that they believed him to be, but he also hasn't pitched in a really long time, so I don't know if you can rely on that. Um, nonetheless, you have that great outing from Domingo Herman, completely spoiled by the offense, the Anthony Rizzo error, and then Aaron Boone once again doing this. Why are we bringing in relievers with two outs in an inning when there's no imminent threat? And if it's any time before the eighth, I, I'm done. I'm so sick of seeing it. He brings in Ron Marinaccio, and I'm not saying that Marinaccio wasn't equipped to do that, but Domingo Herman walked Taylor Walls. That is not. That the, and he was at 87 pitches. That is not a time to remove somebody. Why are you going to burn your bullpen when you're already down one nothing and your offense is not doing anything? There is no sense in the, if you're taking out Domingo. If you're not taking out Domingo Herman there, you're not waving the white flag. There's still an opportunity for him to get an out. It's not. It. It's. It, 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 who was coming up at that point? And then they go down four nothing. Yeah, it was Josh and then Lowe. It's like, yeah, yeah. They, they go down four nothing, and then all of a sudden the mentality 
switches yeah. on a dime and it's like all right it's it's ryan weaver time now it's like okay. yeah and at that point you knew it was over and it was like okay we'll use your starter for as long as you can before you go to a valuable bullpen arm so then that's why that that's what makes friday and saturday so incredible because they were completely dead on thursday the vibes were awful and it looked like they were starting off the series on the worst possible foot as we talked about how they needed to realistically go three and five to survive this stretch and stay afloat. Um, uh, we said on we said on the Thursday afternoon episode that a split was a necessity and that was probably the likely outcome. I agree. I don't think you can necessarily be mad with yesterday's outcome, um, given that you saw this team fight um, in the the ultimate. Uh, way by coming back in that game against Shane McClanahan, who's been w one of the best pitchers in the in the league and has been uh, the, the Yankees have been unable to figure him out. Um, so it's good that this lineup is starting to come into form. Jake Bowers is clearly an asset. Um, I like moving Anthony Volpe down. I think it takes a little bit of pressure off him in the lineup um, and he's able to kind of just uh, relax a little bit more. There's a lot of pressure as a rookie batting leadoff and playing shortstop. Um, I'm not against him being in the leadoff spot, but, um, you got to give the kid a break here and there. And this is a series against the Rays. It's, it was, it was a must win. It was a must, it was a must split as we said. Um, and now you have some other guys coming alive. You have Oswaldo Cabrera, interesting stuff to see. Um, and, uh, Harrison Bader still doing, still doing his thing. So, um, you keep these guys in the right spot. You move guys around to feel more comfortable. Um, and I think the result is going to be what, what, what everybody wants to see a more relaxed team, not afraid of uh, a four to six Oh deficit. Um, and we saw that they're, they're not going to be the 2021 uh, versions of themselves. I think we can maybe put that narrative to rest after we got mad a week and a half ago. Um, this is clearly a much different team than, than that roster was. Well, they let Volpe go from opening day so that they don't have to, in the middle of the season, press the Anthony Volpe button because they're yeah. spiraling out of control. And then he comes up in July and looks kind of rough and then finds his footing on August 19th or whatever. And then it's like, all right, well, we're 12 out. So yeah. I'm glad you're getting big league reps. But I mean, that would have been the 2021 thing to do in terms of biggest winners of the weekend. Um, like I, it goes without saying that that competitive effort on Saturday was insane. I feel like Volpe is just like, it's like Volpe, Volpe, Volpe for me. Like, I don't know if he's never going to come back to the top of the lineup. Um, I, I think there's still some, you got to settle on an ideal leadoff hitter. Jake Bowers led off in one of these games, which whether you like him or not, is sort of a head scratcher. Um, <clears throat> but Volpe in this series, it was the Rays last week that kind of set him on an offensive tailspin that had people questioning, is there this in-season regression or you know, as he is facing the Rays staff, just this all new challenge that he hasn't really gone through yet because he's getting accustomed to the big league level. And then it's like, all right, well, here's, you know, mega pitchers that they're 28 and seven or whatever. Best of luck. Uh, we all know the Rays print pitching over and over again. Well, in this series, he went uh, two for four, one for four, two for three. Uh, so five for 11 in the set, two homers, two stolen bags, manufactured run himself. Struck out five times. Physically, the only outs he recorded were strikeouts. But he totally works in that seven spot. Yeah. It's really cool. I think that it also, you know, it helps the lineup, too, because we've had the, the team has had so much trouble with the back half of the lineup because of all the injuries. And it was that was why that was what we talked about moving Glaber Torres down, because it helps the back end of the lineup not be sandwiched with bad hitters altogether or cold hitters like you bring Jake Bowers up. That's great. Um 
facing triple a hitter uh pitchers versus facing facing major league hitters you're not gonna you know most of the time you're just not gonna start off on a heater so you needed to break that back end up and harrison bader's reintroduction was the start of that but you you look at you know seven eight nine and it was still bleak so i i like the way that aaron boone did 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 that to kind of differentiate and, and help break it up a little bit but i i still don't like his bullpen moves i, I don't know why this is still happening um and he bookended the series with two terrible bullpen moves marinaccio um and am i getting off topic here i don't want to get off topic because i'm no i mean let's let's give him let's give him the l's because the the losers of the weekend were all either boone moves or the relievers boone chose yeah so you have thursday which we talked about i don't understand marinaccio in that spot i think you just at that point the offense isn't hitting you give domingo herman one more out and then you reassess to where you are in in the next in the next frame um what do you do on Friday? Friday, I mean that. Yeah, Michael King at that point. You, you knew you really did think the season was over at that point because when talking Yanks gets negative, that's when I know we're in a, we're we're fucked. And they just they just tweeted the video of um of Josh Lowe hitting that home run with "Are you fucking kidding me?" And I didn't. I I only I I uh, I was walking back from somewhere at that point back to my apartment and I I left for that. Uh, that bottom half of the inning. And I was like, you, you actually have to be fucking kidding me. Like this, this is a joke. Um, so you have the Michael King falter. Um, and then on Saturday, Marinaccio rough weekend for him. He gives up two those two runs in, in a third of an inning, but Yankees ultimately win that game. And then on Sunday for the life of me, everybody's at the ballpark for all the mothers out there. I apologize to you. Cause Aaron Boone literally ruined your day. Um, bringing in Albert Abreu in that spot is insane. You already have Clark Schmidt starting this game who is certifiably not good as, as a starting pitcher. I think that that's just what the reality is. Um, the stats speak for themselves. Um, he gave a little bit of length in this game, so I can't entirely fault him for that. But when you have a guy like that who loads the bases in the fifth, your relief option to come save this situation cannot be Albert Abreu, who is also a bad pitcher. Um, I don't care about his fastball. I don't care about the movement on his pitches. I don't care about the potential. Um, they've been using him for way too long at this point. To bring him in there in a game where it's tied 4-4, and you need to get out of this jam. I don't know. Like you said earlier, unless Ian Hamilton has a phantom injury and is not being, they don't want to use him at the moment or they're waiting on something. Albert Abreu, there is one of the craziest moves you'll ever see. Um, Grand slam immediately. Taylor Walls again. This guy talked shit last year after batting, what, like 160, and now he's kicking everybody's ass this year. So props to him. Um, I don't know how. I don't know how that's not a fireable offense. I know you're you're theoretically a little bit um, thin in the bullpen because you used uh, Cordero the day before for um, an inning and two thirds. Used Marinaccio again, so he was out. Used Clay Clay Holmes for um, an inning uh, and two thirds, and and Wandy closed out that game. Um, but yeah, I, I did any did he say anything in the post game? I missed this post game because it was Mother's Day. I was out. Uh, did, did he answer to this question? Did we see anything of that? Did nobody ask him why this was the move? I didn't see it. Maybe the comeback had it lost in the shuffle a little bit, but Hamilton Hamilton's the obvious move there yeah. or, or Cordero who ends up starting tonight. So maybe yeah. not, maybe that's why not, but Albert Abreu <clears throat> 20 innings, 18 hits this is laid out by Yankee source, 20 innings, 18 hits 
13 runs, 11 earned, three bombs, 15 walks, 21 Ks. I just, it's obvious. It's obvious to everybody that he does not need a spot on this team. Uh, they got rid of him last year. They traded him for Jose Trevino, reaped the rewards because he was not good in Texas. Then he was DFA'd and was not good in Kansas City. And then they smelled their own farts because they're the Yankees and, and like, they messed around with the, they tried to copy the Rays in the 2020 playoffs. Let's get cute. They love to get cute. They love to win like off field battles. They love to be like, wow, we gave up Albert Abreu. We won that trade. Then we brought him back and now he's sick for us. Well, unfortunately there's just nothing there. We've seen it for a year now. And we saw it for several years prior to that, before he was DFA'd, the fastball doesn't play. The changeup doesn't work way too hittable. Uh, they're going to be able to get away with not DFAing him for a little while longer because when Luis Severino comes back, knock on wood, hopefully they're going to probably just be able to demote Johnny Brito, who already lost his spot in the rotation ostensibly today in favor of an opener. Um, they haven't even announced that he's going to follow the opener in today's game, but you got to imagine that's what's going to happen. And then uh, they have this revolving door at the bottom part of the bullpen with Ryan Weber and Weissert. And it was Colton Brewer at some point at Davey Garcia, people going up and down. So the next time they need to welcome somebody back like Tommy Canely, it's probably just going to be oh, that guy. <laughs> Let's DFA Weber. Let's, D you know, send down whoever's up here at this point, but it would be great if they could just use that revolving door spot on Matt Crook, who is back from injury Struck out three, walked one in one inning on Sunday. Now he's got a 1.42 area. He's only allowed four hits this year, one extra base hits, 26 strikeouts. Uh, he struck out 18.47 men per nine innings with an 0 .0 a .095 opponent's batting average. What do you think they that also, .47 man looked like? Uh, I think it was uh, Willie Calhoun. Uh, they have uh, – <laughs> they like they, they only have one lefty in the bullpen and it's Wandy Feralta and that's great, yeah. but he's like a he's like a semi closer. So if you ever want to go match up in the sixth, uh Matt Crook has thrown four and two thirds innings against left handers this year. So uh fourteen left handed batters that he has faced, uh or that he has retired because he's walked a few of them, but he's retired fourteen of them. He's struck out thirteen of those guys and he is not allowed to hit to a left hander this year just as good against righties too. four hits in eight total innings pitched against right-handers uh so i would like to see matt crook in the revolving door spot and i would like to see tommy canely replace albert abreu forever thank you yeah there's no reason i mean yeah once once people start coming back from injuries and then they realize they that they need to make maybe the the matt crook move sooner rather than later um depending on what happens in in this series with the blue jays for me, the 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 alarm bell would have been after this series with the Rays, but you know the Yankees don't act like that. They wait until the situation becomes the absolute most dire, and then they make the change. Um, so yeah, Albert Abreu, you know, we he was the we were surprised that um, he had the spring training that he had, and then at that point we relented and we were like, fine, last guy in the bullpen, sure should be okay, we'll deal with it. And at this point, I don't want to deal with it anymore. Um, if if he can't handle if he can't handle one high leverage situation here and there um then there there's really no use for him the last guy in the bullpen yes doesn't have to be an ace but there are situations where you have eight straight games against division rivals and naturally you're going to be thrusted into a situation that isn't the most favorable for you um and it's not like Abreu as is a stranger to these moments um 
And of course, Boone doing this, uh, and I cannot stress this enough. You remember 2021 when Abreu was in Tampa at the Trop and Aaron Boone let him get massacred for, what was it, seven earned runs? It was something I else. looked that up. That was my was least favorite game of the year, except for all those other ones that were terrible. I mean, they didn't Houston even blame joke. Abreu for that. That was Aaron no. Boone's fault. He let him die on the field. You watch Albert Abreu die on the field. And then what's the this? Is this some sort of redemption arc you're trying here? Bases loaded in a series finale where if you take it three games, if you take three games out of this four, you're in really you're, you're almost in pole position to make up all the losses that you've that that you've dug yourself into a hole this early in the season and this is the guy you go to the guys the rays kind of have beaten up for two years now a crazy decision crazy what an awesome series this was too so sunday sunday july 25th in 2021 they lose the herman game oh yeah bullpen implodes and they're up four nothing in the eighth at fenway and becomes a five four loss then they go to Tampa. They get a day off. They go to Tampa. They win 4-3. They go to Tampa. They win 3-1-10. and 10. Garrett Cole on the mound against Luis Patino in the finale. Oh, yeah, he's got a sweep, right? Nah, nope. Cole gets bashed. It's 4-0 in the first inning. Uh, still 4-0 entering the bottom of the sixth inning, but then the Rays score 10 runs. Uh, Abreu gets charged for uh, no outs recorded. Holy shit. Four hits. Six runs, six earned, two walks, three bombs. It's more surprising when you hear it. I forgot it was that bad. <laughs> 30, 33 pitches, does not retire a batter, and gets his uh, act cleaned up by Sal Romano. Uh, you got you to gotta love Sal Romano. Remember him? Um, Clay Holmes comes in and throws an inning shutout with a strikeout in this game. I also think that is Clay Holmes's Yankees debut. I got to look it up. But I believe that's Clay Holmes's first start, uh, first outing with the Bombers. Yep. Correct. He finished that game. That's his Yankee debut coming over nice. to Pittsburgh. Um, nice. Shout out to uh, just a shout out to, to, you know, Clay Holmes too, for his work in this series. Yeah. Uh, people are going to forget that the game where they came back on McClanahan was six, nothing down to nine, six up and Marinaccio. Let's see. First two batters of the inning reach second and third one out. Holmes gets dinked by a Randy Rosarana single up the middle, but holds them there and they win nine, eight because he's dominant in the next inning. He was dominant in his first appearance in this series, and he was dominant cleaning up somebody's mess in one of the Oakland games. So I'm not going to say Clay Holmes is back, but I'm going to give Clay Holmes his flowers for a good performance in this series. There's a weird headline going around this weekend where Mariano Rivera said, I think Clay Holmes is going to be fine. Okay, I'm glad you think that. Um, We shall see. But he was very good in this series. And Anthony Rizzo has a 154 OPS plus. So if I'm going to get on him for being Rizzo for 14 with a runner on third and uh, less than two outs, that's starting to sound like a ridiculous complaint because of how many other things he's done right. And I'll smack myself for that one because he was unstoppable this week. Yeah, back to hitting in high leverage situations. That was another thing that we talked about. A lot of his his numbers were good. You pulled up the baseball reference page. Hey, looks great. Uh, But guess what? The hits didn't, most of them didn't matter came in losing situations, uh, home run in the top of the ninth when you're down six. Um, but, you know, that's baseball. That's when it's going to happen. Um, I just don't enjoy people looking at the MLB.com or the baseball reference page. It's like, oh, he's having a fine season. It's like, yes, but also there are circumstances around it that don't make it as good as you think it might be. Um, but, yeah, props to Anthony Rizzo for the, the last week or so. Absolutely incredible. Um, now for the Rays. The Rays. What do we think about the Rays? I think the Rays are fine. I'm not scared of them that much. I think the Yankees punching back in these games um, actually 
made them less scary for one and two silence some storylines which we'll get into in a little while but um you have rasmussen go down i think that's gigantic we'll see how they they're able to handle that and springs for you know the next six weeks the yankees are already weathering that massive injury uh storm to the starting rotation so they're going to be accustomed to um handling that type of stuff or you you would think I'm, I'm going to think that might be the case. They might prove yeah. me wrong and make me look like an idiot, but um, I'm going to think that they'll be prepared um, depth-wise uh, later on that, that they can handle it. Um, and still, you look at this Rays offense, right? It's still crazy. Randy Rosarena batting 320 with a 967 OPS. Andy Diaz hitting 321 with a 1.022 OPS. He got hurt yesterday. Yeah. Josh Lowe, 306, 995. Luke Rayleigh, 269, 911. Wander Franco, 301, 875. I think that's to be expected. Um, Brandon Lau has fall, fallen off a cliff. So I'm not saying that we can expect that from everybody, but he's now batting 189 with a 693 OPS after everyone was kissing his ass in April. Uh, Taylor Walls, 281, 956. Even Christian Bethencourt, 227, 755. Harold Ramirez, 311, 912. These are objective. Even Jose Siri, 747 OPS. Like they have the guys who are, who can put up the numbers to be respectable in the lineup, but this is not sustainable. To have one, two, three, four, five guys, six guys OPSing 900 or more, you're never going to see that. Um, it's happened now for a month and a half. Props to the Rays for sustaining that. Um, if that happens for the remainder of this year, um, we can, in the chat, just name some things you want me to do that are appropriate-ish, and I'll probably do it. Um, they're, they're, what, 31 and 11 right now. Like I said, everybody's yelling at us saying, oh, the Yankees don't have the talent level to make up 10 games. First of all, there's four months of the season left. Second of all, the Rays are not going to sustain this pace. Third of all, the Yankees have people from injuries coming back. Um, I, I respect the Rays. They love to kick our ass. They are a very good team. They are arguably the best managed team in major league baseball. Um, you could argue they have the best front office. Um, although I would probably give the nod to the Dodgers there because they do have the resources to spend the money. And I think that that counts, but, um, no longer scared really after how they, the Yankees handled themselves in Tampa with a really decimated lineup and then how they followed it up at home, um, with Aaron Boone working against them once again. So I like the Rays, like as a baseball team, I think they're a good baseball team, but no way, no way that this is no way that they're going to be the boogeyman this year for, for another four months. Well, those magical offensive numbers are the reason why you got WFAN guys challenging Rays people to oh explain my God. their cheating methods. Talk about that. Jesus. Uh, I think we have to just because, hey, look, uh, Evan Roberts, it was Evan Roberts, right? Yeah. yeah. So, um, well, I don't look, I don't think you can be on the voice of the Yankees on WFAN and just say, I have no evidence, but the Rays are cheating for sure. Like, I don't think you're really allowed to say that. Um, <laughs> if you have that platform because then like people are probably gonna ask john sterling about nay do you agree with your coworker?" and he's like oh yeah i don't know um <laughs> like i don't i don't think that you could just sort of outright be like the rays are cheating don't ask me for evidence i don't have it like that's not really a, a point of view you can take that said 
it's a pretty easy one to refute if you work in tampa if you're on tampa radio and you want to like clap back to that it's pretty easy you could just be like we're not cheating we're just good <laughs> your children etc and the tampa bay radio host who clapped back at it so I've bad. never seen I've never seen a man say less in like three minutes. And you hear the phrase say less usually means like, whoop, don't even say it, like already on it. Don't like say less. This man said nothing. His epic clapback was like, I'm on the radio. I watch this team. I'm gonna come to New York because my nephew lives there. And when I say hi to him and give him a hug, I'm gonna come to the studio and show you what's what. You best, you come at the king, you best not miss, which is a phrase I'm so tired of hearing 42-year-old Caucasians say out of context. Um, well, what's, who's the, the Rays or the kings of Major League Baseball? Because they yeah. had, at the time, a 27-7 and seven record. That makes them the king of baseball. The Pirates, and, had, the Pirates were the best team in the NL two weeks ago. And then all the comments on this guy's rant were like, well said. You said it all. You nailed it. And I was like, I, I, should I watch it again? Like, he legitimately said nothing to the point where all you have to do if you're not cheating is be like, we aren't cheating. We stats, stats, stats. Or just call him dumb. Just be Home like. Splits, road splits. Yeah. Say we, we don't even bother. But he said nothing. Yeah. And he said stuff about his nephew and visiting his family. I don't know what that has to do with anything. Yeah, I mean, it, if he was like, I'm going to come to New York, stay in a fucking penthouse, walk to WFAN Studios, and then Stone Cold stunner you through a table, and that's how it's going to go down. Instead, he was like, I'm going to stay in my parents' house. I think they still have a spare bedroom for me. Then I'm going to go to my nephew's birthday party, give him a hug, drop off the gifts, head on over to WFAN, and we will discuss whatever you want. Whatever you want, we'll discuss it. It's like, okay, well, you know what, man? We already have people yelling on the New York radio airwaves uh every single day um from the most craziest callers you could ever imagine to the hosts who don't like some of the hosts you're sitting there you're like have you even watched anything like sometimes i don't watch a game and i know what i'm talking about and i'm like damn like you didn't watch the game you're looking at the box score like someone's gonna tell you that you're full of shit and you have we already have a lot of that in new york i don't need a guy on his own dime flying up from tampa to come from a different state to now join that chorus and be just a different guy from a different state to provide the same exact thing that we're already getting. Let WFAN be WFAN. If you want to start a Twitter war, have fun, but I don't need you in the studio. They don't want you in the studio. Save the weekend to just hang out with your nephew and your parents. I think that'll go better off for you. Yeah. I'll come into the studio. I'll debate whatever you want to debate. I want to talk more about your nephew's birthday. What's <laughs> up with that? Why is, why is that worth flying up to New York for? Is it as, like his first ever I think he birthday. said it was his sixth birthday, which, you know, at That's that point, what are you one. doing at six? That's not a great one. I went, the, uh, that point? I went to the science center. It was okay. Yeah. Like, and nobody stayed over. Nobody wrote home about it. I, I don't, none of my friends ever reached out to me again and said, you know, it was the best one. Your sixth birthday. Your <laughs> uncle made, your uncle made blackout cake. Like nobody, nobody ever re-upped it. Um, so yeah, it just seemed like he was looking for a venue or a vehicle to get to that birthday party. It just could have been like, so much better. Why well, it could have been so it was right there. It couldn't have been worse. No, actually. it couldn't have been. It really couldn't have been. 
Well, but, shout out. If you want to come on the Inks Go Yard podcast, yeah. if your nephew's turning seven and, and you want to come in studio with us, then we have no studio though, unless you want to come to my apartment. Stop by both spots. You come on the come on the restream or or come into uh, my apartment or Thomas's apartment. We'd be happy to hear one shred of counter evidence. I, I'm sure he just <laughs> wanted to get in. It was a pretty easy way for him to boost his own profile. Yeah. Like Oh, you oh, you want to come at the Rays? Okay, great. Well, then fly me to New York and wine and dine me and then maybe job interview me. <laughs> Cuz clearly I'm from the region. I've made that yeah. obvious. My family is there. So please give me free dinner and then <laughs> Get also, me back. I don't want to be here. I don't want to be in time. Tampa. Come, on. come at the King. You best not miss the Lightning, the Rays, <laughs> the Raptors during the canada covid era i don't i don't know he mentioned the usf bulls at one point who are like a really bad team he said if you want to talk usf bulls i'm just imagining evan roberts being like yeah let's do it let's gab usf bulls right usf for st john's let's talk it dude well if you're coming to new jersey or connecticut for a nephew's birthday party and you want to dip into the DraftKings market we have an offer for you new jersey connecticut it's a limited time promo for new DraftKings users only. Deposit and place a $5 or more wager on any sport to get $150 instantly added to your account in bonus bets. Win or lose. All you have to do is use our code YanksGoYard at sign up to redeem. That's code YanksGoYard, all one word. It's a great way to support the pod. So if you don't have a DraftKings account, do us a solid. Sign up with the code YanksGoYard, place that first bet. Or if you don't want to, we'll meet you in Temecula and have a street fight. How about that? Uh, new customers only, 21 plus physically present in New Jersey or Connecticut. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey or 888-789-7777 in Connecticut. Valid one offer per customer. Minimum $5 deposit, $5 wager required. Rewards issued is not with trouble. Bonus bets that expire seven days after being awarded. See full terms at DraftKings.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. When do we see the Rays again? It's it's not going to be for a really long time. I think it's August. The schedule is, uh, I, I don't want to say the schedule is stupid. Because I, I know, I, I, I prefer the balanced schedule. July 31st. To playing the Rays 19 times. But... That's a really long time. 
We start our next series with the Rays at Two home months, July 31st through August 2nd. Trade deadline we go series. back to the trop. Yeah, somebody cool. will be joining the roster between Monday and Tuesday. Yeah. That's sick. That's kind of fun. That'll that'll kind of set the tone. Set the tone if, you know, depending on what the division's looking like at that point, like the Rays are going to have to do, I think they're going to have to do something. Again, yeah. you can't rely on this offensive production for that long. You just lost two starting pitchers. I don't think we can – we cannot project what Taylor uh, Tyler Glass now is going to do. So that could be a, that could be a wild series with, you know, people uh, – new people popping in right there. There is another uh, Jerry Garcia bobblehead on August 1st too. I got one of those last year. It's delightful. You selling it? No, I still, I'm looking at it right now, but I'm not sure why we have to do that again. Uh, there are other guys in the band, the Grateful Dead. There are other musicians. I don't know. But if you don't have one from last year, go grab one from this year. Um, let's talk one uh, trade deadline quirk uh, that I that I do want to get off our chest because Buster Olney, who's plugged in, mentioned to Colin before the weekend, before things got like great and like awesome, sort of mentioned the Yankees. Hey, like, you never know. Maybe they will be a deadline seller. Who knows? They've been a hybrid before. They pulled it off in 2016. They thought they were still kind of contending. Maybe not. Buster Olney is one of the most plugged in people to the Yankees front office. It's like a, a vestigial tale from the 90s and 2000s. He wrote the last night of the dynasty book about the 01 team. He was he was in there for a while before he went super national. Um, and so if he says something that means the Yankees maybe want you to hear it, he sort of speculated that if things go off the rails, they could sell Luis Severino. Now, last year, things were not off the rails and they entertained selling Glaber Torres and did trade Jordan Montgomery. And then so went even off the if, rails. Even if things get bad, then they were off the rails. For like a month <laughs> and a half. But even if they're not off the rails this year, I guess they could theoretically entertain getting pitchers off the roster, though. I can't imagine why you would do that, considering right now you are without Montgomery, which I love Harrison Bader, but you're without Montgomery. You're without Severino. You're without Rudon. You're without Montas. You have Domingo and Clark Schmidt and Johnny Brito all in there. So I can't imagine welcoming Severino back the team still contending for a playoff spot and then being like, well, sayonara, but they wanted us to talk about it. So we'll talk about it. Can you sure. foresee this happening uh, at all or just going beyond the entertaining it stage? Yeah, I, I can. Uh, if things go really poorly, you know, I think everybody at this point knows Luis Severino won't be back in 2024. He is making $15 million this year. So by the time the trade deadline rolls around, I think he'll probably be shedding five or six million if you can trade him you know starting pitching is going to be at a premium at the deadline it is every single year so there is value there only also mentioned that they have relievers to sell i don't know who those would be i think even if you wanted to sell wandy peralta you're giving up the only lefty in your bullpen so i don't know how that gets you across the finish line this is this is in a world I'm sorry guys this is in a world where the yankees are uh, you know, maybe 12 to 15 back by the deadline. Um, and wild card is looking like a pipe dream, depending on, depending upon how the Orioles, um, uh, Red Sox and Blue Jays are performing. So this is a worst case scenario. There's no reason for the Yankees to even entertain selling a single player if things are going well, but you do look ahead to next year. And if that's the year, depending on everybody being healthy, 
um, and you getting some dead weight off the roster, you know, money's coming off the books this offseason. Um, you could stand to get more money off the books and get some value in return if you were to do this hybrid sell. They did it back in uh, 2016 when they sent uh, Aroldis Chapman and Andrew Miller out. They restocked the farm system. They had some promising talent. Uh, some came through. Uh, most were disappointments, but uh, I think this is a little bit wild. To, and it, this is low-hanging fruit too, right? You look at the Yankees. You could just go to Baseball Reference, pull up the payroll, see who's becoming a free agent, click Luis Severino's name, and know that he's given this team a hard time with his complaining over the last two or three years. So then it's like, oh yeah, they could do that if things go really bad, and then because he's not coming back, and you you should get value for him. Um, so it's possible if things continue to turn, take a turn for the worse, but right now things are better and people are on the mend. So I don't think we're going to reach this point. Uh, It's something to keep in the back of your mind as we get closer to the deadline, but the Yankees are probably going to be buyers. And again, I don't know what they're going to be able to buy. So maybe, maybe a hybrid, maybe, maybe we're looking at another situation where it is a Montgomery for Bader swap because the Yankees don't have too many minor league assets. Maybe at that point they're like, all right, we're happy with the rotation ish. We're willing to get rid of Severino because we don't think he's going to be able to get us. And this is hypothetical. I think you need to have Luis Severino if you want to get deep into the postseason, but maybe they're not confident in him after rehab. And they're like, yep, we'll trade him for um, uh, two relievers and that'll help our bullpen more. I don't know, but crazy to think about at this point, but it's been said and we got to think about it. If they're confident in the rotation, then something has, I mean, they're crazier than I thought they were or something dramatic has changed especially because Nestor Cortez now is like, yeah. I wouldn't call him a problem. I, I don't think this is like regression. It's over. You know, we, I, 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 that's my measured Nestor Cortez take. Obviously it's wild that his first four innings, he's basically untouchable and the pitcher that we've known him to be. And then in the fifth inning or later, it's like a 16 and a half ERA, especially because the damage came in the first inning against Texas. So that means even in the other starts, he's been even better than like a guy with a 1.6 ERA in the first four. Um, Something's off with him. There's a reason Aaron Boone was yelling at him in the dugout the other day after his kind of rough ending to the start against Oakland. Hey, nasty. It looked looked like he was saying, definitely saying nasty, but it looked like he was saying to me, like just trying to get him to confess, see if something was still bothering him. Because yeah, he missed a start. He got pushed back with the strep throat. Maybe it was something worse than that. If he recovers, great. I think I'm seeing a lot of it's over. Oh, it's over. He was a fluke. Like everybody rushes to say he was a fluke when he put up basically two full seasons of great performances before this. So it's much more likely that there's something off with him rather Mm. than he just was never good. Um, That said, you you can't look at him as a top of the rotation lock in your future plans. Really? I think the best version of this team has a great Nestor Cortez as their fourth starter. And you know what? That's great. And if yeah. the worst case scenario happens and he just has given us the best that he's going to give us also great. He went to the all-star game. He was their second best pitcher in 2022 and they won 99 games like big win, rare, big win for the, uh, you know, Yankees rotation scouting department that uh, somehow managed to trade away a million guys, a million prospects who are all terrible and all on the Oakland A's and hidden <laughs> West has numbers that are just as bad as Clark Schmidt now, but they didn't trade those people for anything of value either. And Frankie Montas is not here and was bad. And Rodon hasn't pitched. It's like everybody going in every direction has been wildly disappointing. So I think you have to call Nestor a massive win. 
and say that there's no reason to look back on the recent past and be like, eh, well, that might as well never happen. No, it happened. And he was great. That said, you you can't really be projecting out a rotation for five years from now that includes Esther as the two starter. And you also can't be saying, well, he's going to be my three or my two in a playoff series. And I think you want him starting game four. And I think you want to have the quick hook on him. And I think that's okay. The best version of this team probably has him in game four, like El Duque, who, by the way, ended up saving and turning around a bunch of playoff runs in his day. Yeah. Um, Nestor's 12 of his 20 earned runs or runs surrendered have come in the fifth inning or later. um, And five of the six home runs he surrendered as well. Uh, Don't know what's going on. We saw the velocity issues. um, The he's surrendering more hard contact than he, probably ever have well ever has in the last two years because before 2021 he was not good he was actually you know he was getting bounced around because he he was quite bad um so yeah at this point uh i think you know i we talked last episode or two episodes ago about you know there was a reason the yankees signed carlos rodon they like nestor cortez they were not banking on him being a number two starter i think that was the smart move um, and that's nothing against him. He came from the depths and was nothing, and then emerged as a very important piece for this rotation. And to continue to assume that that type of production will replicate year over year, especially as these players get get older um, and more mileage is put on their arm, Nestor Cortez, who has had limited major league experience before 2021, um, and we talked about his innings ish, uh, his um, innings limit and issues over the last two years. Um, now we could I, I just hope he's not injured. I hope he's not hiding an injury. That's that's all I hope. If this is just an early season issue that he's got to work through um, or he's just a little bit tired from the last two years. That's that's my first inclination. But you never know. The injuries here are you'll be surprised every single day with every new diagnosis or story that might pop up. Hope everything's okay with him, but yeah, um, number four starter on a postseason team. I think that's a great uh, role for him. Um, I, I, I'm hoping it's a blip and not a regression. Agreed. Well, it's hard not to feel great about this team regardless. Uh, obviously, there are pain points. One of them is Aaron Boone. One of them is Albert Abreu who should be gone. One of them is the fretting over Nestor. <clears throat> but this was an incredible weekend for a Yankees yeah. team that really looked like it was not going to deliver us many moments like this. Um, and especially at the start of May when it was just Calhoun and Franchi and, and all these, you know, pretty unworkable toddlers in a lineup four four through nine. Like, I don't think I saw this coming by mid May. Um, and it's just amazing that it happened. Um, the farm system churning people out. Jason Dominguez is hot. Uh, Spencer Jones, by the way, missed a bunch of games last week for whatever reason and came back and, uh, went supernova and is now hitting 304. Uh, he played three games last week, went two for four, three for five, three for five with a home run and four doubles. Uh, shout out to him. He's probably going to call this the double A soon. Feeling great and ready to roll in Toronto. Um, and in case, you know, in case you forgot from the last series, the first game against the Rays was horrific. So bad. They got run out the gym and embarrassed and all the tweets were like, well, more of the same. Well, you know, these Yankees is what they do. Can't stay on the same playing field as the Rays. And then they play the three best games of the season in a row and almost steal all three of them and frustrate our opponents tremendously. So however today goes, you know, that's possible. They just did it so they they can 
turn on a dime. They fight now. If you don't believe in their ability to fight, they did it three days in a row against the team with the best pitching staff in the game against a team with a bullpen that the Yankees suddenly have a feel for how many years before this did Ryan Yarborough and the slow stuff just rock the Yankees to sleep. Now they're getting Ryan Thompson. They're getting Zach Kelly, or whatever Kelly, Trevor Kelly, uh, Kelly with the sweeper. Um, Zach Kelly is the Red Sox. I think this guy's name is Trevor Kelly. Guerra comes in. It's like an automatic, uh, gas can they kill him uh it's like these dudes with the slow 78 mile an hour sweepers that are just not finding the right aaron judge is punishing these sweepers aaron judge loves the invention of the sweeper it took it. him several days to get right after coming off the il but now he looks great and again missed a game time home run yesterday by a couple of inches i'm feeling wonderful headed to this jays series manoa gossman tbd tbd for the Jays. So that's not so bad. I see Bassett and Barrios. Oh, they're in there now. Great. Yeah. It was TBD this morning. I, I Bassett's on a, on a heater, but I'd still like yeah. to face him. Uh, I'd rather face Barrios than Kikuchi. Uh, let's roll. Come on. Who cares? Uh, that's it for this edition of the Yanks go yard podcast. You'll see us again at two o'clock on Thursday, Eastern time. And then two o'clock next Monday and Thursday. And just kind of continuing on after that. But if you like the audio version, I know many of you do. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, whatever platform. Drop us a review, please, if you'd be so kind. Five stars only. If you want any less than five stars, go review a different podcast under five stars instead. Maybe review a Red Sox podcast. Um, that would be nice. You could three stars from Red Sox podcast for us if you don't want to review ours. It's totally cool. A solid trade-off. Um, until next time, I'm Adam Wander. You can find me on Twitter at Adam Wander. Thomas Carinante, where can the people find you? Folks, I'm at Tommy's underscore takes. We are both at the official Yanks Go Yard Twitter account at Yanks Go Yard FS. Please come find our content at YanksGoYard.com. We're writing a lot. We're having a great time. Um, we enjoy you guys popping over to the site, uh, reading our articles, commenting on everything, and then obviously coming on here. Uh, we love the community we're starting to build, so please keep it up. Uh, one more thing to clarify. I wore my Iron Pigs cheesesteak hat today um, because of Bryce Harper's epic flip out on Sunday against the Rockies. Um, and it's just making me think how the Yankees fucked up not signing him. Be really cool if we had Bryce Harper um, in this lineup, another lefty power bat. Um, I don't know how they would have fit it into the picture, but it's every single time Bryce Harper is magnified in the news in the sports world, it I think most Yankee fans are like, God damn it, why isn't he on this team? And that's what it did for me today. So I decided to wear my cool little cheesesteak hat and salute Bryce Harper for being a badass taking on the whole Rockies team, or at least trying to before being held back. Um, you don't take that shit, and you don't take that shit either for all you listeners out there. Don't take shit from anybody, all right? Be yourself. Have fun. We'll talk to you again on Thursday, 2 p.m. Eastern Live right here. We'll see you on Thursday right after my nephew's birthday. No, not really. Um, bye, everybody. <laughs>
everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.